0: And
1: although this wave is stringing
0: us along, just know you're not alone, because I'm going to make this place your home.
2: Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob golfy with the Golfy team. Welcome to the golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition with host Rick Zampran. Yes,
1: good morning. Rob Golfi is a sales representative with REMAX's Skartman Realty the Golfie team. You can find them online at that's robgolfi.com. that's Rob G-O-L-F-I.com. call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700 that phone number again 905-575-7700 follow the Golfie team on social media whether it's Facebook, Twitter or Instagram And if you have an email or a topic idea for a future program, send them an email, questions at robgolfi.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfi.com. We have a lot of things and really interesting topics that we're going to get to today. We're going to talk about single women purchasing a lot of homes in the fourth quarter of 2020 in the U.S. and what that might tell us. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about newer versus older homes uh, co-signing, if a parent co-signs, what happens if a certain situation comes about? We'll get into that a little later on in the show. We'll also talk about buyer's remorse. How common is it? But to begin today, we're going to dive into some outstanding numbers once again for the Golfy Team's Appointment Center. These numbers are just astronomical.
2: Yes, um, we're finding, actually, if, if I compared to last week, now this is based on March seventh to the thirteenth. Right. So the appointment center found that Thursday even also became a big day for appointments. So for instance, like I like I like listing on because of the appointment center, uh, we we can gauge when the biggest days are for appointments. And Fridays are usually the biggest day, but last week uh, Thursday was also a big day. But I like to list on Thursday. Uh, just because of the fact that we know out of town age, uh, out of town agents and out of town uh, people, they're coming down for the weekend. So you want to, you, if you want to sell your house, you want to sell it with the maximum exposure by listing on a Thursday, you are going to get that. So we're, so we actually have a house that we listed on Thursday and we got tremendous amount of action on it. It was was close to 1.2 million. Now we're going to get probably multiple offers on that. And, and the thing is you, Uh, And and because of that, uh, again, we will get multiple offers, but we had the maximum exposure. Now, if I listed that on Monday now, so we would have had a couple of showings, you know, a bunch of showings still, but not the maximum showings. And we probably could have got an offer in on Wednesday or Thursday, but then people are just starting to book for the weekend and then you wouldn't have had the maximum exposure. So the best time... In my opinion, is to list on a Thursday, and you got the weekend, and because people want to go in, buy, and that's it. So we're going to get uh, multiple offers on this 1.2 million dollar house that we listed on Thursday, and we're getting tremendous amount of action. But but if you look at this on uh, the la- last year versus uh, this year uh, uh, for March, so uh, the total appointments for March 2020 was 9,586. That's the whole month of March. Mm-hmm. So the total appointments from March 1st to the 13th in 2021 is 12,633. We're all already, already up. We're going to more than double um, the appointment in uh, once this month is over. And, and the reason why I know that our, our sales numbers are, go, are, are way higher this year for March than it was last year. Now, uh, again, last year, we, you know, half, halfway through the month, you know, the COVID hit, everything right, got yeah. shut down, but some sales were still happening. But what I'm saying is, is that it's just gone through? It's still, it's, it's the market's still hot. It's still moving, and appointments are being made, and it, and
1: still, there's still there's still an exodus coming from out of town everywhere. So with 18 days left, and you mentioned this with the stats you just gave out, 18 days left in the month, uh, you guys have already booked more appointments than all of March of 2020, and there were three records that were set. A new record Thursday, 1,324 appointments. That's just one day a record single day ever on a Friday of 1582 appointments and a record Saturday of 1124 and a record overall week of 6802. So I guess there's four, there's four records there 6802 appointments um, overall for the week. are, are you it's, sensing it's are you sensing yeah. any slowdown at all coming up because it seems like it's going the other way? It is. And it's like, you know,
2: I was talking to some guys in Mississauga and they said it's slowing down, but, but you have to understand when you're talking to different realtors, some realtors may not be as busy as other realtors. So, um, and, and if the ones that aren't as busy, they're not a good indicator of getting information from. So, um, so the guy that I was talking to is, he's not as as busy as, as we are, but he did say, um, the market has cooled a little bit in Mississauga, so I don't know if we're going to experience that in a week or two from now, but uh, but but it's not showing any sign of slowdown right now in uh, in the Hamilton uh, in Niagara area. so should, it just it's it's just incredible.
1: should mention too that the price point in Mississauga is different than that of Hamilton as well. so they, yes. they might they might yeah. be seeing a slowdown there, but Hamilton still with its even elevated price point is still attracting a lot of buyers.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, it is, it it is going to attract a lot more buyers and we're still affordable here, especially, uh, and, and people are moving away from, uh, the, the area, but just, just incredible though. Uh, like it, it doesn't, and, and, and CMHC I think indicated or the banks indicated that, that it is going to be a busy year this year. They feel that the cool down is going to happen probably in 2022. Um, but it's hard to tell we're all predicting it. I mean, I mean, people thought the market was going to go down uh, Mar- of March of last year and, and look at it, and it went the opposite way. So yeah. so basically, we got to listen to uh, everybody and just go the other way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there's a couple of other stats on this appointment center uh, charts that uh, we're both eyeballing. And again, 6,802 appointments booked uh, during the week of March 7th to the 13th. That was 8% more than the previous week. But one stat that has caught my eye is there were 316 new listings that week. There were also 316 total properties sold that week. So, uh, as many homes that were listed, the exact same went out the door or or were or were gobbled up by uh, buyers. Which means that the supply demand issue uh, did it, did it change any? Are we seeing more homes come on the market? More homes are coming on the market. We're seeing the
2: uh, inventory coming up, but uh, but it's 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 the supply the demand. Is it's being fulfilled. So we're still, we're still, there's still a shortage of homes. Uh, there is still way more demand. And, but but we are seeing more houses coming on the market and, but, but again, it's just, there's not enough homes coming on the market and, and and it's, and it's driving the price still strong.
1: Uh, from week to week, the top five price ranges have not changed at all in Hamilton, Burlington, or Niagara. The sweet spot in Hamilton is still five hundred fifty thousand to six hundred thousand dollars. In Burlington, it's one to two million, and in Niagara, it's four fifty to five hundred k. Not a lot of fluctuation, even with the secondary sweet spots as well in terms of the price ranges. Do you anticipate those numbers kind of being steady over the next little while? It will be. It will be
2: anything like, like anything in Hamilton, uh, under 700 is like gold. And I, and I was just checking the system. There was 15 properties listed, uh, between, um, uh, one, uh, 100,000 and uh, 400,000 in Hamilton and surrounding areas. There's only 15, 15 of them. And every single one of those properties, like I look, I, I look at it even for myself to, you know, to buy personal for investment. Every single one of them had holding offers, holding offers, holding offers, <laughs> holding offers, every single one of them. And I, and I was just telling my assistant, I go, boy, they're making it tough to buy a house in this town. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> I'm like, like I'm looking at it myself as a, as a consumer buying yeah. and, and it is tough. I get it. I get it because like I look at in, you know properties for investments and stuff like that, but, but it, it, it is difficult uh, to get one. Uh, as an investor but as a as a person that's buying one to move in uh, under 400 detached homes there's only 15 in hamilton and surrounding areas right now that are available and that's insane it's just uh, wow. it's
1: not enough it's not enough so you just said that homes that are uh, you know around seven hundred thousand dollars are gold in Hamilton so if if there's a home seller out there who's done their homework and uh, they want to hire Rob Golfie or, or someone on the golfy team to represent them in this uh, sale of their home um, would you recommend that uh, hey if the, if the home is 750 you're going to list at under seven just under maybe 689 699 to attract a few more eyeballs? If that house is worth 700 I would list it at 650 and chances
2: are they may get close to 800 for that. That's oh. what I would list that house for. Uh, and and, and, and you, strategically, you got to do it. It, it, it takes you know, a little bit of experience, you know, because if you're not used to it, um, you're, you, you can end up blowing the whole thing. We just had one in Grimsby that I saw. and uh, A lady listed it at $998,000 on a bungalow. Um, I can't remember how many square feet, maybe 1,200 square feet fully renovated and everything in a great neighborhood and everything. When I saw that she was holding offers, I go big rookie mistake. That, that is a mistake that a rookie agent is doing. And, uh, and, I, and, and be, you know, I've watched this because I watched this house. I wanted to see it, where it was going. And what happened uh, uh, two days after it, uh, they had the uh, offer holding offers, it didn't sell. No offers, nothing. So hmm. she actually hurt that listing more than anything. Now, if she listed it, did not put holding offers. There's a high probability that it w- it would have been sold today. Um, and, or, and she, but again, like you, you got to know the market. If you don't know the market, you will you will hurt your your client and or you hurt hurt yourself. The market, it is, it is, 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 you just got to know it. And sometimes when we walk in on appointments, Rick. A lot of times, you know, the homeowner, like, you know, we tell them the market, but, but if we give them the wrong number, they kind of disregard everything we say. And and if another guy walks in, that's an amateur agent or whatever says, Hey, I can list your house for, you know, 200,000 more than the other one. And and they'll believe that guy that has zero experience, and they'll go with that guy with the highest numbers. So that's what I don't understand why the consumer is doing. But anyway, that's just the way the how it goes in our real estate business.
1: How common is buyer's remorse? We're going to get to that next here on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. On the line once again, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Scarpman Realty, the Golfy Team. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. The phone number is 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfi.com. That's robgolfi.com. Follow the Golfi team on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfi.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfi.com. Still to come, are more newer or older homes being sold in the Hamilton-Burlington area? We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Buyers remorse. I, I'm sure there have been many a deal that you have done or been witness to, Rob, where you uh, or, or someone obviously associated with this home buying or home selling experience has experienced buyer's remorse. How common is it? It's
2: very common, and you got to be very careful. So, me representing the seller, I know that is a big factor, and uh, so you, so as, as me representing the seller, I, I have I have my job to do to make sure. Uh, that, that buyer's remorse doesn't happen. And how that doesn't happen is that you get that deposit check the same day you do the deal because people wake up the next morning and, and, and it's for some reason when you sleep and wake up, you got a fresh mind. You you have your, your attitude towards everything is different. So um, buyer's remorse does happen. And here's, and here's what happens. You get caught up into the, the hype and the negotiations and the uh, other offers that are happening on this property. So, uh, as the morning starts, okay, uh, the selling agent tells you, uh, there's two offers on it. Now you're thinking of putting an offer then and two hours later, now there's six offers on it and another two hours by, by three o'clock in the afternoon, you got 15 offers on this place. So let's say the house they're asking 650,000, you originally were going to go in at 675. Now you're going in at 750 or 780. So you, you, your number went up from 25,000 over asking to probably 140 or 100, 125 over asking. So And the agent's getting you all hyped up. This is, this is the way it's going. This is what you got to do. And you're kind in of into the groove of that. You're just in, the, in all that emotions and everything. And all of a sudden, bingo, you are the winner. Or you could be the loser. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but but you're the winner. You won the negotiations of the other 12, 15 offers that were on there. So it's all exciting. You got it and everything. And then you wake up tomorrow morning and you go, what did I just do? I just spent, I paid 140,000 over asking or 125, whatever it is. And you bought this house with no conditions and that's what's happening right now. There are uh, people are buying with no conditions. That's it's insane, but you have to, if you want to buy a house. And if now, if you don't have a deposit, I mean, you don't, you don't really have a sale. So we never register our sales unless we have the deposit and we want a bank draft. So a lot of times, uh, you try to get that bank draft the same day they do it because they're excited still. They're excited. If they wake up tomorrow morning and have buyer's remorse, well, it's too late. The deposit check's already given, but it does happen. Uh, it just depends who the people are talking to. They can be talking to their parents after they can be talking to their brother-in-law, sister-in-laws that, you know, that know everything, you know, how the brother-in-law knows everything. And the you know, so they could be talking to them and then all of a sudden they put this fear and this anxiety in you that you might've overpaid. And maybe not. Sometimes people have buyer's remorse. They walk away and then they realize, Holy smokes, what did I do? I had somebody convince me to buy it. Then somebody convinced me to not buy it to get out of it and not give the deposit. And now I regret now I'm back in the game again, trying to find another house. It does happen buyer's remorse and it happens with everybody. You just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta know what you're doing. That's all. And you gotta be, you gotta, you you gotta be comfortable and you gotta be prepared to pay whatever it it may cost to get that house, especially if you need a house. And there's a lot of people looking for a house. My, my, uh, my niece and, and her boyfriend, they've been looking for a house. Since last year, they regret not buying a house regarding $5,000. They thought it was $5,000 too much. Well, guess what? That house today, if it went up for sale, it's probably eighty dollars to $100,000 more. And they regret that. They wish they bought it. But that's the way life goes. So now they have to buy something less to, uh, in that same price point. So buyer's
1: remorse does happen. Either way, you've sold tens of thousands of homes in your day. Uh, do you get the sense maybe now more so than before that people are at least more prepared for that emotional kind of tug of war, or or is it basically the same since you started? That 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 buyer's remorse, that emotional kind of uh, ping pong, is is always going to play out. How it does?
2: It does always. It it, it does play out, and it's more so with uh, younger generation too. um if, if the younger generation has somebody to back them up, it, it's good. But there, there's always, um, you know, what there, there, there's there, buyers remorse or remorse in any way uh, is always is, is always there, and uh, it just it's just the way uh, you know we're made. I mean, um, you know, like you can like for instance, like you can go to a seminar. And uh, uh, in Toronto and you know, a room full of 500 to 1,000 people and this guy, you know, rah, 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 everybody's trying to, you know, the, and, and buy this program, buy this or buy that. You're, you're in the heat of it. Everybody around you is in a positive state. Everybody's buying, the, you know, this, this course or this thing they, they're trying to sell you on stage and you buy it and then you're like, get back home. And, and that rah, rah, that hype is not there anymore. And you're like, what did I do? I don't know. Why did I do that? But because you were in the moment, you were there and you have to be careful. You have to know that moment. A lot of times when I deal with people, I say, listen, guys, are you sure you're okay with this? This is the number uh, that you may have to go in, but now, you know, think about it. Like think, think, think about it. A lot of them, sometimes when they lose, they have remorse by not going higher. They wish they did. And they said, oh, we could, you know, we should have gone a little, you know, because when they hear that when it sells and a lot of them. You know, but you don't get as, you do get buyers remorse from people, but it, it, but you just want to prevent that from happening, uh, and that's why
1: I always try to get the check the
2: same day that we do the deal.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, let's uh, switch gears and talk about uh, co-signing. So, uh, interesting question: Who's left footing the bill if a parent co-signs for a child, and their partner leaves them after buying a house?
2: The parent, whoever it doesn't matter. It's they go after everybody. <laughs> um, and sometimes, yeah, they go after me. Now here's, here's the, here's the positive thing. Um, if you co-sign as a parent for your child and the, the boyfriend or girlfriend, they live there. Now let's say, let's say they're having a fight, right? And let's say part, in order for them to afford this house, you need both incomes, right? The, the, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, right. the husband, wife, whatever. And the parents co-sign for these two. Now, let's let's say one of them. Let's say they're fighting, and let's say they are not getting along. And one says, "I'm not paying this mortgage anymore. I'm out of here." Well, let's the other the other partner and the parents are on the hook still. The other the other person that left. I mean, they're on the hook, but if they're not paying, like like you you can't you can't go down with everybody. So the other three are going to hold the hold the court. Mm -hmm. Now the the partner is on on the line. And he's gonna to go to his parents, and say, Listen, I, I can't afford this house by myself. Um, like he's gonna need help or he's gonna to have to sell. So it's that's the thing about cosigning, because if you cosign, you know, one of the parties, one of the partners can just walk away and it's not their credit rating, it's not their it you know, it wasn't them. And now you're you're holding you're holding the bag. I've seen so many where parents co sign their kids and their kids don't care. And all of a sudden now the parents are cleaning up the mess. And so you really got to know your child when you're co-signing. You really, you got to, you got to make sure. And I've seen, I've seen some disaster, disastrous cases out there. Now we've been in in an up economy for a lot of years, for probably a good 20 years now. So it, so no parent has really ended up uh, losing too much money or losing any money because the economy has been, strong and real estate values have been going up every year for the last 20 years now, but, but that could change. Like, let's say if you do a renovation. So I I think you really got to know your child if you're going to co-sign for them and you got to know the, uh, their partner or their spouse, uh, when you co-sign and every, every parent wants to co-sign, they want to help their kids out, but, but you got to be very, very careful on that and uh, make sure the kids can afford the house. They they've got the income. To pay for the uh, for the for the mortgage and all the taxes and utilities and everything else that goes with the house, but uh, but you got to be very very careful. And but everybody's always going to support their kids, right? So, yeah.
1: with uh, house prices um, you know really elevated over the last number of years, are we seeing a lot more parent co signings because you know their children uh, or or childs just can't make that uh, that that payment? Absolutely. Uh, sometimes they uh, they
2: they're buying a house. They're looking for a house you know, maybe up to 550,000 and then and the only way they could get it is pay 600. So they, they, you know, the parents have to go in We're we're finding a lot of parents are have to come in and help out the, uh, the kids, to co-sign and uh, uh, it's the only way they're going to get a house, but uh, it, 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 and that's how, that's how crazy this market is. But, um, but yeah, definitely uh, a lot of co-signers are, are, are happening. So when we send a deal to the, to the banks or the mortgage uh, brokers, um, sometimes they'll say listen guys in order to get this house and and they bought firm so they've got no choice they otherwise now they, they're gonna lose their deposit gonna, it's just and uh, so they got to be they really got to know their mortgage person when they're uh, buying a house their mortgage person is, will say you can buy up to seven hundred thousand you can buy up to 750 so if they're in competition seven hundred thousand is the max but then if the parents involved the parent will say, "Listen, go up to seven fifty on this house. I will help you. I will help you if you need to." So sometimes that happens quite often.
1: Wow, uh, this is a question actually from producer Jerry. After the last show, we were kind of uh, talking off air, and uh, he had a great one. Are, are more or newer homes? Uh, pardon me. Are more newer or older homes being sold in Hamilton Burlington these days?
2: Um, you know, uh, we we don't see the stats of the newer homes because they don't hit MLS, but a lot of new homes are selling. And what's happening now, a lot of uh, builders uh, last year lost money um, on, um, on, uh, on new homes because what happened was they sold them, and then construction costs went way up.
0: Hmm.
2: And they, couldn't, they, they can't go to them and say, hey, listen, the new price of the home is this. Yeah. They were hoping they'd walk <laughs> away if, if, you know, because they can resell that house for probably $40,000, $50,000, or even $100,000 more than what they actually purchased it. But, um, but a lot of new homes are selling. I have some friends that uh, are smaller builders and some of the bigger builders, they can't keep up to the demand. They can't, they, they literally will sell a site and just sell parts of it because they don't have enough, uh, you know, carpenters like, uh, like, like trades to do that because every single builder is busy. So the, 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 city, if they, if, you know, if they approve more, uh, uh home sites, uh, even if they do, they probably couldn't keep up to the demand because the demand is far greater than, than what they're building, but they are selling and they're selling, they are selling at record numbers and they're, and they're going up in value because the cost of construction has gone up way, way too high. Like uh, I, I, I heard two by fours are, you know, are, uh, eight, was it seven, five or six, $7. And, uh, so it's getting expensive. To build a house, so you have to really, like, you have to really, you know, like, the, the builders, I mean, I'm sure they're getting better prices than the consumers are at Home Depot and, and Rona's, but um, but if you're on your own building a house, the cost to build is, is crazy. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's creeping up past almost in what it is to buy a resale that has a finished basement, landscaping, driveway done, and then uh, all window coverings and, and uh, appliances.
1: I can imagine uh, women home buyers. Interesting story here out of the U.S. Women home buyers are becoming a powerful force in the real estate market during the pandemic. Single women comprised. Nearly 16% of total home purchases throughout the U.S. in the fourth quarter of last year, compared with uh, just over 15% a year earlier, 15.7 to 15.3. And additionally, single women purchased 8.7% more homes in the fourth quarter of 2020 versus 19, a significant increase over single men who purchased just 4.6% more homes in the fourth quarter of 2019. Uh, The women are really in charge here in terms of buying real estate. So women,
2: they're making it a priority to buy a home before marriage right now. So it's uh, so be, you know before the women, you know they would uh, you know they get their professional job. and say you know what I'm going to buy a house when I meet somebody. You know we'll buy it together, whatever. They're going hey no way I'm buying a house and I'm going to own it and live in it. And uh, so they're they're becoming more independent. But more women are making more money now than ever before. Um, and I know that I get a couple of uh, nieces that, uh, that work in Toronto and they're making good money. They got corporate jobs. They, you know, they, they got the business degrees and masters and, uh, they're making great money and they're buying houses. So, you know, like they're not going to wait for, um, uh, you know, marriage and stuff like that. They know this is the time to buy. They're buying and they want their independence. And uh, they're doing it. uh, And uh, there there was a a survey, I think, yeah, on that where women are preferring to buy buy a house before uh, marriage.
1: Yeah, 73% of women said that buying a home was a top priority over marriage. Smart move. Forget about marriage. Buy a house. At least you'll make some money. <laughs> yeah, you lose money. Yeah, <laughs> You'll lose money on the marriage. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the top five common anxieties for first-time home buyers. If you're in that group, you want to stay tuned to the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified...
1: Welcome back. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Joining me once again is Rob Golfie, sales representative with REMAX's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, golf Don't forget, Golfie gets it sold and does so in a safe manner during the pandemic. Follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales at at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Rob, you've dealt with uh, probably a million first-time home buyers throughout your illustrious real estate career. Here are the top 5 common anxieties for first-time home buyers and, you know, how agents like you have helped address their stress. Uh, number 1 on the list, paying and overpaying. Buyers are basically afraid to pay too much.
2: Yes, they are. There, it, it is anxiety, and 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 the and the other thing is is when they're hearing uh, the market going up, and they know and 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 but paying and paying too much is definitely like that. that that's almost borderline of of, uh, of buyers remorse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there is true. anxiety. There is anxiety about paying too much for a house, and and I don't blame them. Like in this market, like we don't know where the market's going to be in, in six months to a year or even longer than that. But um, but overpaying is is a huge anxiety um, uh, for them, especially when they're first newer newer buyers in the market. When they're new, and they go in and they they and they don't get the deal that they want because they're afraid of overpaying for it, mm-hmm. and uh, it happens a lot. And uh, and then they find out they lose competition on this one, they lose on the next one, on the next one, and and they just and sometimes they're so close but but they're far. But over. Uh, paying and overpaying is definitely on the top of the list.
1: And two things that first-time homebuyers should be doing even before they start their search would be to, you know, make sure they're pre-approved so they know, you know, what kind of number they're looking at and uh, put together monthly budgets so they know where all their expenses and, and all their, where, where their paycheck's going to go to.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Figure out what they can afford and what, you know, because a lot of people, a lot of people don't realize uh, how much cost of living is for them and and, because they you know they spend money every day lunches dinners and you know going out buying this buying that and then it it adds up and so they got to be careful and and pay attention to that
1: number two on the list is uh, not landing the dream home i think everyone who has purchased a home they always start off by thinking wow this is going to be you know i want my dream home and maybe my forever home and it doesn't always uh, work out like that
2: no i know sometimes you know they, they have this image in their in their head what they're gonna buy for their first home and and it doesn't turn out to be what what their images in their head and and it becomes a disappointment to themselves and uh, and 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 it's hard it's hard to get find your dream home in this market Uh, so people uh, a lot of times you know uh, right now a lot of first-time buyers are saying well we're gonna buy this we're in the market then we can then after we can find our dream home a lot of times that what they do but um, it is tough to find your dream
1: home. And there's, it, it, just because of the mental image that they had in their heads, what they anticipated of moving into. Yeah, We're going through the top five common anxieties for first-time homebuyers. Number three on the list is missing out on opportunities. And we've seen a lot of examples of that with so many people in the game.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, the opportunity. Sometimes a house goes up for sale and they missed it. and they And that was the actual neighborhood, the actual street that they wanted to live on. Uh, a, a, a lot of anxiety, like how did they miss this property? Why, why didn't I get notified that this came up? A lot of times that happens. So it absolutely, there's a uh, uh, missing out is definitely huge on the list when it comes out to, uh, when, when, uh, for buyers, uh, uh, huge anxiety because of that. For yeah. sure.
1: Number four, finding issues with the house. I'm sure you've seen a lot of first time home buyers kind of stressing over maybe some little things that might be wrong with the house. Well, what's happening right now, finding issues with the
2: house, and if it, you know, if they're moving in or um, what happens is a lot of home inspections aren't being done. So they're moving into blind uh, on these houses. you got to be very, very careful when you're buying a house today because you don't know if there's structural problems with the foundation. You don't know if you've got vermiculite insulation in the attic. You don't know if you've got some plumbing issues there is so much uh there's anxiety like like you know you buy it and then you go I'm oh my, like oh, my, oh boy what, a, what what am i going to be moving into is there going to be you know
1: do we, we have rodents in this house we don't know uh, very very quite a bit of uh, anxiety on that we'll get to uh, the one final uh, common anxiety for first-time home buyers when we return here on the golfy real estate show hamilton edition on 900 chml
0: you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 chml <laughs>
1: Last go-round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin, along the line with uh, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax, Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Check them out online at robgolfie.com. Call them at 905-575-7700 and follow the Golfy team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just before the break, we were talking about the top five common anxieties for first-time home buyers uh, We discussed paying and overpaying, not landing the dream home, uh, missing out on opportunities, finding issues with a house and last on the list understanding the process from beginning to end so a lot of first-time home buyers really have no clue what goes into buying a home
2: they don't and a lot of times when you're th- like it's like thrown into the fire and they buy their house um the process oh we got to do this we have to do that we you know like you know we got to get the insurance guy and make sure we got insurance and then they find out how much the insurance is on the house and then they got to put the utilities under their name and then they find out once they're moved in, the first month is pretty easy because they don't have really the bills aren't coming in yet. It's after the first month they start getting their their gas bill, their tax bills, or whatever, and all of a sudden the bills start rolling in, and they're rolling in fast, and their mortgage and their mortgage payment is due.
1: That's it, when it, one of them, that's when one of them leaves, and the parent who co-signed now has to <laughs> pick up the slack. Yes, yes. so they, they, there's a lot of anxiety on that, like you know
2: your first month because and the, and all those bills they come in within. Like they come in 30 days after you move in, mm-hmm. and uh, like you, you're prepared for the mor- your, your mortgage uh, uh, bill coming out of your account, but it's all the other bills that come in, and and it's just like whoa, wait a minute, how much money do I have left now? It you know, it, and then and that's when a lot of uh, uh, first time buyers, uh, that's how they adjust their spending habits, and they know they oh wow, like I have nothing left for me to even buy groceries, so that because they were spending throughout the month doing things. And a lot of people, when they buy a new house, they want to paint it. They want to, they want to do things. They want to make it their own. And so they're using a lot of the money they have in their bank account to do that. But, but they don't realize there's bills coming down the line and they got to be careful for that. So they got to, but you got to budget everything. You almost have to open up two or three bank accounts. Say, hey, here's our mortgage. Here's our bill, uh, mortgage and bills that come for the house. And here's our, our living expense. So you got to make sure you always have that much money in, your account to pay all the bills to maintain that house and, and to pay the bills and, and, and do everything. Um, but if you're, if you're just, you know, going freehand and just, you know, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that that monthly bill uh, with mortgages and ex- and all the other bills that come, it comes fast. Four weeks four weeks is real quick. I'll tell you, <laughs> you, you pray for the five-week months and we only got four of those a year. So yeah. <laughs> believe me, so it, it does become stressful when the bills come in.
1: Yeah, let's end off by talking about the exodus to the suburbs. We know throughout the pandemic, there has been a lot of uh, real estate activity outside of uh, some of the biggest cities, including Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal. In fact, from July 2019 to July 2020, more than 80,000 people moved out of those three cities alone to outlying communities in their province. That's the largest outflow in 15 years. And that time frame only covers the first five months of the pandemic. Um, Once we get back, whenever that new normality is, but once the pandemic is, I guess, officially over, are you expecting people to flood back into those big cities? I think there'll be a little bit uh, going back,
2: but I think I think you're going to find more commuters on the highway, more people taken uh, if if they have to go back because they came this way. They're liking it, and those people are looking for jobs locally here now. They they are. They're you know like and, and they'll they'll take less money to to live a better lifestyle than go back to Toronto because when they go back, they're going to go. Wow, you know what? I I, I kind of enjoyed living in in the suburbs and having a backyard and, and this and that, but you will find there, there'll there be a small percentage going back, but not that much, but companies, companies are going to have work at home. And, and then a lot of companies are going to are, are, you know, like they're probably deciding whether do we keep this? Cause depending on the, what kind of company it is, like there's a lot of privacy issues are going on. Like you've got, you know, every person working out of their house and they've got people coming visiting them and they got papers all, all, all over their desk that can be private and that can be exposed. So there's a lot of issues there, but there will be a small percentage going back, but I think the majority of them are going to stick around and they're going to stay just because of the fact they love it. And and if they can find a job locally, they will, but otherwise they'll just either go by, uh, they'll, they'll commute by uh, go train or, or, or they'll drive. You're going to find, I bet you you'll find that the, the highways will be even busier once this pandemic is over because just because of the fact that people don't want to go back downtown. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. People are, are realizing life is less stressful uh, living, uh, you know, just around where we are, you know, <laughs> in the Hamilton, Niagara, and Halton area. It's, uh, living the downtown concrete uh, area, it gets, it gets tough.
1: I got to end with a a big congrats to the golfy team number six in Canada among the top remax teams for residential and commercial real estate and number six among large teams for residential real estate and in those two categories worldwide ranked ninth. And eighth. So, congrats to you, Rob, and the Golfie team. And thank you for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9, right here on 900 CHML.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.